Hi guys, Biggie Hazard here with the Tottenham Depot from Philip Lane. Listen here. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The reason that I'm here is because, you know, the club is seeking change. He said, well, whether you come or not, you're going to see a completely different first team under me. You know, my hope and my desire and what I'm going to try and do is give our supporters hope and, and belief that we're, um, you know, we're going to embark on something special. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. This is episode 142, and it is, of course, the international break, so we've got a little bit of a special episode for you here. I am joined momentarily by Holly Agambar. She, of course, of Holly's Hotspurs fame. Uh, we talk about the season that it has been for Spurs and the transfer window and the international break and even throw in a little bit of NFL talk in there because Holly has uh, adopted a team and is, is, is watching the NFL on this first day of the NFL season. But uh, it's mostly Spurs talk. Don't be scared away. Trust me, this is a Spurs-centric conversation. We talk about uh, Ange Ball and, and what we've seen so far from Tottenham this season. Uh, well, just a reminder to everyone out there, you can follow us at Tottenham Depot on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok as well. Uh, that is where you find our work. And uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's turn it over to my chat with Holly Agambar. I'm joined now by Holly Agambar. She is at Holly Agambar on Twitter. Holly, thank you so much for, for joining and, and talking some spurs on this international break pod that we're doing here. No, thank you for having me. It's quite nice to dissect a positive Tottenham at the moment. So uh, it's nice to do so. So thank you. And that's kind of exactly where I want to start, because as we reach an international break, it's like I, I kind of wish Spurs were playing this weekend. Right. Like it, normally in the past few seasons, international break has been like a reprieve from having to watch Spurs. But this weekend, I feel like everybody is wanting to watch Spurs. It's like such a different change of pace. Right. It really is. I think it's just a totally different vibe. Um, I think last season I kind of lost a bit of connection with Tottenham because every week it was a therapy session. Um, having to talk about how we weren't playing so well, we we're playing a system that isn't really the Tottenham way. Whereas now Angeball is like a whole different kind of uh, journey at the moment. I'm loving being on the train. Like you say, I'd, normally it's a blessing in disguise having international break, but this, this time you're kind of itching to be back watching Tottenham. What do you chalk that up to? Is it is it the manager himself who has come in with a different vibe? Because for me, that Ange Postacoglu has come into this team and given just such a different vibe, for, especially from the previous two managers that were in charge. And it it just it feels a lot more. And and you would know this so much better, being so much closer to it, obviously. And 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 we talk to to folks that live in England all the time about this. That the vibe seems more of a Tottenham vibe than it has the last few seasons, right? Yeah, it has. I think, obviously, we went down the route of getting a manager that's a, a win-now kind of guy. And I don't think that was necessarily the wrong thing to do because we've waited so long for a trophy. But I think along the way, we kind of left behind what makes Tottenham Tottenham. 
Um, and Andrew's come in and he's kind of rejuvenated that kind of aspect of the thing. And I've always said, if we can bring back this kind of culture and ethos at Tottenham, then the good football will come with it. And I think it really helps that Andrew's a forward thinking uh, manager in a sense that he wants to play attacking football, where that is the Tottenham way, as before we've been playing this defensive football, hit him on the break, which isn't really how Spurs naturally normally play. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a whole kind of mixture of things, playing players to their strengths, playing attackingly, and it just gets me off my seat again, which last season I didn't really have much of. Yeah, we had none, none of us have. Let's <laughs> talk about some of the players that are making a big difference in that. And, you know, number one in, in my mind would be James Madison. This guy has come in and I feel like completely just transformed not only the midfield, but like you say, the attacking ethos of this team. What, what have you seen from James Madison? Obviously, I think we all knew when he signed on with Spurs this summer that this is this was going to be a guy that has the potential to change things. And granted, it's only been four games in the league and obviously the cup match. Um, but he really seems to have transformed the ethos of this team along with the manager's style, right? Oh, he really has. He's we've been screaming out for a player that can do what James Madison does for a very long time. I think the last player to do so was Ericsson, and that was a while ago since we had him. Um, so we've been screaming out for a player like James Madison, but he just brings this whole, I know we say vibe all the time, but it just brings that and, and feeds into it, and I love it. It's just he the, the things he manages to do with the ball, and it's not as if, okay, yes, at Leicester he was amazing, but he was in a struggling team. He's come to Tottenham and it hasn't really phased him. He's fit straight in, um, and it's just great to see that midfield linking together, him linking with Asuma, him threading the ball through to Soddy. Um, it's just, honestly, I, I think we all of us have waited so long to see someone with a bit of spark in that midfield, and, and we finally got it. So, like you said, I think even rival fans are kind of saying, oh, wow, this is probably the signing for Tottenham of the season. But also, I think, in the league as well. It's just kind of, you see on podcasts that not just Spurs podcasts, but people are talking about us. And I don't want to say that's a bad thing or a good thing. I think it's just nice not to be at the butt of every joke, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it definitely makes sense. I totally get that. And, and the fact that he has... You know, again, I'm going to use the word vibe, like you say, that's a it's an overused word, but the vibe that he brings off the pitch as well just feels very spurs. It feels very, you know, uh, he's 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 interacting with fans. He's he's <laughs> he's kind of riling up opposing fans and and in in ways. And it's just it's it's fun. He's he's playing in the England side, obviously, um, and it's just it all seems to to gel at this point. But there are other players who have come into this team as well. Who who's really stood out to you among the new signings or even new players? I, I'm thinking like maybe Destiny Adogi, who is obviously not a new signing, but new to the team coming coming back from loan. Uh, there are so many new new faces with this kind of transformation of a team. Who else is standing out to you in terms of just really like that ethos and that, you know, I'll say it again, vibe? <laughs> I think you made a good valid point with Doji. I think he has been, he's wowed me um, from when he put that Tottenham shirt on. I think he's had something totally different down that wing and even cutting in as well. As we know, in Andrew's system, we see those wingbacks come, sometimes coming inside as well. And I think he just adds that element of, even though he's quite still young, he's got so much, like, I don't want to say experience because he hasn't necessarily got a lot of experience, but it feels like he's older than what he is, if that makes sense. You see him at times when the ball's going out of play and he just shields players off. I love that about him. Um, I think Vicario as well, there was a lot of stick about him when he came in saying, oh, I don't know if he's going to be quite up to scratch, but he's absolutely killed the doubters off. Um, he's really 
forming a great bond with that back line with Mickey van der Ven. Again, I call him Daddy Longlegs because my word, he's an amazing talent at the back. Again, which we've been screaming out for a really long time. Um, he just gives me Vertonghen vibes as well, which is which is nice. So there's so many players to mention. I mean, you can mention Solomon as well. Um, I mean, I think that was a great bit of business, how we managed to get him in for, for such a little fee, if one at all. Um, and he just adds that another element of someone coming on or someone starting a game, then we could put Sonny on to give him a bit of a rest. I think there's a lot of, I say good things going on. Um, I know we could talk about how we probably wanted another centre-back, um, but the players that we have brought over the line, I think is good business, if that makes sense. So yeah, there's so many players that you could talk about for ages about that coming to Tottenham. Well, and I keep telling people too, it's early days. Like for, for me, this this whole rebuild has really only just started now that we have what we feel like is the manager in place. I feel like the last few seasons, we thought we were going through a rebuild, but maybe we really kind of weren't with the managers that were in place. And now all of a sudden, I feel like we're starting that. And 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 a lot of that comes, I think, with just a transformation at the top and in leadership. And we talk about a new captain in Sonny and what has he brought in this new role for you? Because I feel like, you know, no offense to the previous captain, Hugo Lloris, or even the previous leadership uh, in, in Harry Kane, who, who I want to come on to with some comments that he made in a minute. But, but first on Sonny, like, I feel like, again, the ethos that he brings as a leader to this team and, and kind of him stepping into the, to not that he wasn't in a spotlight in his previous role with the club, but now he's even, in a brighter spotlight now as the captain wearing the armband what have you seen from Sonny in a difference in, in his leadership now you know the, the man's over 30 he's got plenty of experience he's a he's a golden boot winner but it seems like he's gone to a different part of his career and a different part of his game at this point right I think so yeah and I think it's easy to remember I think Harry Kane was definitely missed the Tottenham um if there was another person behind him it was Sonny who was closely behind so I think it was a natural kind of transition for Sonny to be that captain um, and it's great to see the likes of Romero and Madison being the backups as well, to be his assistant captain, which I think is, is quite nice because obviously Sonny is that natural selection, like I say, because he's been there so long. He knows the club. Um, but then seeing Madison and Romero, the one at the back, the one in the middle, it just kind of shows that you've got that kind of leadership throughout the whole park, which you didn't necessarily have with Lou Hugo Lloris, which at times I didn't think he was as vocal as he could have been. Um, and then obviously with that, you're kind of thinking, does that really get progressed across the whole pitch? But yeah, I think Sonny becoming captain, it's elevated his game. And I think it also has added an element of, I know we talk about that he's got a lot of experience, but it also adds an element of um, authority in a sense that you've earned this, mate. And I think that's quite nice for, for Tottenham to give that to him because he gets on with everyone in the club as well. So yeah, I think it's just a natural given captaincy for him. It's so funny you bring up Hugo not being as vocal. It, it seems like the one time he was really vocal was ironically enough with Sonny that one time where they kind of got in the shouting match. So it's, it all kind of comes full circle, uh, which is, you know, I, I don't know if that's irony or, or what it is, but uh, it's, it's interesting to, to say the least. Um, when it comes to Harry Kane, these, these comments that recently came out this week about uh, his move to Bayern and talking about how, you know, losing a game at Spurs wasn't as devastating as it is at Bayern, which I think kind of rubs some fans the wrong way. It certainly rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Um, I was in our, our internal group chat uh, here at the depot kind of saying a few choice words, to be perfectly honest with the listeners. Um, it kind of pissed some people off, I think. And, you know, it's rightfully so. I mean, he's but at the same time, you know, I'm trying to show deference and respect to a man who is the, the club's all-time leading goal scorer and has gotten this has gotten his move that he wanted and um there's a weird balance there to strike right there's a weird balance between 
trying to be respectful, but also like, hey, man, you've moved on. Let us move on, too. It, 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 there's a little bit of awkwardness there, right? I think so. I think when I first saw it, I think it was like you. I was kind of like, I'm not reading that. That's going to really wind me up. But then I also thought, is he actually having a dig necessarily at the fans or is it more so at the club in a sense that we've been in so many different finals or we've had so many good players at the club and we still haven't managed to bring home a trophy for them and yes Kane is part of that I think that there's elements that people will say well in big moments he necessarily didn't step up I don't know how 100% true that is but you could say that potentially in in the final of the, the Champions League I know that game was done before it even started with the handball but I guess you could see arguments from both sides um I just think for us Spurs fans, not saying that we're a little bit sorted, I think we're just still a little bit heartbroken that he has left the club. So when we see Kane saying comments against us, it's almost like, hang on a minute, like, come on. But I think you're right. I think we just need to put it to the side, move on. He's gone to Bayern. We're at Tottenham. There's no one man bigger than this club. So just get on and suck it up and move on, I think. I always kind of chalk up comments that Harry makes too. And not to say that 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 Harry is is awkward with, with some of the comments that he makes in the press, but he, Harry's never been the type that is like real super um, down to earth or fluent with the media and speaking. And I, I don't know, like I, I, I kind of take everything with a grain of salt that he says through, through media reports. And it's just, it's just one of those where I'm like, I would rather not read this. Like you said, I almost don't want to get wound up by it. I would rather just push it, push it off into a box and shove it under the bed and not have to deal with it. But I don't know. It's just one of those things. I don't watch a lot of Bundesliga. I watch Premier League more than anything, and I haven't found myself diving into watching a lot of Bayern because Harry is there. Have you have you been watching any more Bayern Munich matches that now that he's gone there? I think I watched the first game just because I wanted to see because obviously it was the, it was the cup game, and I, I, my mind forgets now. I think they lost that game, so yeah, they, they did, yeah. Um, yeah. So I wasn't watching it because I was like, haha, you've lost. It was more that I wanted to see how he could work in that system. Um, it's just sure. ironic that he uh, didn't win that trophy. So I, I don't want to say I watch games because I'm very much like I'm an odd football fan. I love football, but I only really love Tottenham. So I'll only sit here and watch Tottenham games. So for me to say I'm going to go watch Harry Kane games is not in my nature. Um, right. But like everyone, you always keep a watch out. But I wouldn't sit here and say, oh, the buying game's on in 10 minutes. I need to put the telly on sort of thing. Well, and you're 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 also for for those who are just listening, you're wearing a different football shirt today. You're wearing a Minnesota Vikings shirt. It is, it is of course, we're recording this on the first day of the NFL season. I, I'm going to veer away from Spurs briefly here. How did you get into the Minnesota Vikings as, and and the NFL in general, li living over in England? I know a lot of people ask me all the time how I got into the Premier League, being an American, and I I kind of explain that story. But give me your origin story for being an NFL fan and a Vikings fan. So my other half, Jay, is a Falcons fan and he's always wanted me to get into American football, but I'm just really stubborn. And I don't think it was maybe like two years ago, he made me sit down and, and watch it with him. And then I really got into it. And then with everything with me, I have to have some form of interest. So I have to follow a club and it's going to sound really lame, but I like the colour purple. And I thought like the, the skull bit was really cool. Um, and obviously the drumming and the, and the horns at the start of the game is, is amazing. And my favourite player is Jefferson. So it just made sense to go for, for the Vikings. Um, and it also means that me and Jay never, I can't remember if we're in the same division, I'm not sure, but it means that there's never normally a fight in the household um, if I win or not. So yeah, no, I love it. It's so good. And it's weird coming from a football um, here in the UK where fans hate each other. Whereas over there, it's so strange to see fans all together in a stadium. Like it's a real family atmosphere, which I really like as well. And I'm lucky enough to be going to the Falcons game at, at Wembley this year. So I'll actually be able to experience it uh, in real life as well. So now I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, that's incredible. That's that's a really great story. I'm I'm only disappointed you didn't go for another purple team. I'm of course a Ravens fan, so and they're going to be over. They're playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium later this season against the uh, the Tennessee Titans. So a lot of I know there are a lot of American football fans growing over in the UK. So it's interesting to hear that that kind of origin story. Um, okay, I'm, I've veered us off. Let's get back to Spurs. I want to ask you about you know we talked about Harry Kane and but there were plenty of other outgoings as well. We talked a little bit about the incomings and the new players, but outgoings from this past summer. Um, I was really interested this past week to see that the club ended up moving on from not only from Tangi and Dombele, who went off to Turkey on loan, but Davis Sanchez was was a little bit of a surprising one for me. And, and only in the sense that the center back depth now seems a little bit thin for this club, at least until January. What were your thoughts on seeing Sanchez go out the door late, earlier this week? I think I kind of sit with it. I think it was a great move for him and a great move for Tottenham. Yes, it leaves us a little bit short at the back, but I'd like to see with Angie, he's going to bring the young boys through because um, we've got a, quite a few young boys that could potentially come through. And I'm also under the impression that if Sanchez isn't necessarily good enough to play now and again, what is the point in keeping him, sadly? I know that leaves us short, but I think the boys that are young can come up and potentially fill that spot. And I think Angie's probably the right kind of manager to do so. Um, I think for him, like I say, I think it's a great, I think when he got booed uh, on the pitch, I just, it's, it, it's hard to come back from that. And I think the confidence in him kind of shot a little bit, which doesn't necessarily help him if he is a confidence player, which I think he kind of is in a sense, because he always played well when he came in now and again, but never if it was like a long period of time where he's playing game after game. So yeah, it's a surprise and not a surprise. I think it's doing the world of good. Um, going over there and especially that he's going with Madombele in a sense that he's got someone that he knows well I would say I know Tangai's been on, on a lot of loan trips now and again but at least he knows him if that makes sense sure no it makes total sense I was I was super impressed by when when Dav had to come in for Romero in the first game against Brentford and the performance that he put in and it really showed me that he could play in Ange's system. You know, he's not, he's always been a little bit iffy with the ball at his feet, but I think his speed gives him such a way into Ange's system as a center back. And that's the only reason I think it was surprising to me because I think he was that perfect backup for Romero. And I think we all know Romero's history with not only injuries, but potential bookings and suspensions. I thought, oh, okay, at least we've got a tab there. But now that we don't, it does leave me a little bit worried that there were, we're a little bit thin for the next few months. But I also think that it gives the club incentive in January to go out and perhaps make another signing in that center back spot and get someone else in like we would have wanted to happen this summer. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think when everybody does their like um, results of the transfer, how well they think it is, it's always that center back that becomes a tricky topic of conversation because I think we all kind of alluded to even the start of last season that we needed to sort that defense out. Um, my only saving grace that I think our, our back line will be okay, regardless of, of obviously if there's a freak injury, is the fact that Romero is now vice-captain. I think he's a little bit more level-headed uh, when he goes into his training. And don't get me wrong, we love to see a player go full gung-ho, um, but there needs to be a level of, of uh, what's the word, to be able to know when's the right time to do that and when's not the right time to do that. And I think having that vice-captaincy is kind of given a bit more of a level head. Um, so I'm hoping that those red cards and yellow cards will be less seen. Um, it's just whether, like you say, if there's an injury, then we might be having a little bit of a problem. It could also be the influence of having, a, as you call him, Daddy Longlegs there next to him. And I, by the way, I love that name. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and spread that that uh, <laughs> that nickname over here in the states because I think that's perfect. I, I was trying to think of how to describe Mickey Van de Ven. He he almost looks like a like a giraffe at times, or a but like with gazelle speed running around. But Daddy Longlegs really works perfectly. I I do enjoy that. 
um that's a that's a really good one yeah it's it's interesting the other the other kind of element to this back line that hasn't really gotten a solution is eric dyer and that's an awkward one too because there's just so much i don't know what the word is tension or awkwardness but what what's what's going on with eric dyer what's going to happen with this guy i really don't know i feel like he's being a little child at the moment and throwing his toys out the pram obviously we don't know the ins and outs 100 because we're not in that changing room or that that environment all the time but it just feels ever since sonny got named captain uh, rumor was that he didn't put sonny's name down whereas everybody else did i feel like he's been a little bit of a child um and i sadly think that andrew's got his two center backs that he wants to play all the time which is romero and vicky van Ven, and dyer's nose has just kind of been shoved out and i know we've spoken a lot about vibes i just don't think dyer is really eating into the fact that we're all a collective at the moment there's no individuals in this team because i think it has really changed i don't want to say kane was the reason why it wasn't because don't you know i think kane gelled in this team really well but i think now that that head figure kane has gone it's quite it's almost like everybody's buying into the same thing and i don't think dyer is um but sadly i think he's being stubborn and doesn't want to leave tottenham um and he doesn't get the idea that if you're not wanted around you need to leave mate and i, I don't think that's kind of working out on both parties at the moment yeah there's no question about it it's definitely awkward and i just it's one of those situations where we've gotten some of the outgoings that we wanted and like I said, I, I try to tell people all the time, it's still early days. This rebuild is going to continue to take some time and there's going to be growing pains. And I feel like Eric Dyer and the word growing pains right now is kind of, they're, they're simpatico, it feels like. Um, this club has won three of its first four league matches. Obviously, the other one being a draw. They're, they sit second in the table at the first international break. Like, I don't think anyone would have, you know, like turned away at, at this opportunity to be where they are. But they did also have kind of, I don't want to use the word devastating, but maybe disappointing in, in the League Cup defeat to Fulham. And I, I try not to make too much of it because they played Fulham at Craven Cottage to a 1-1 draw with nine changes in the lineup. And then, you know, lost in a penalty shootout with, you know, a player missing who, as we talked about in Sanchez, who is now gone. So it's one of those kind of awkward situations where, and again, I think I can bring up the term growing pains again here, but where were you when, when, when the club went out of the league cup uh, to Fulham? Because to me, it was like, it was disappointing, but at the same time, I feel like this is part of the long painful rebuild process that we're still all trying to, to, to get through. Right. I think so. I think the only annoying thing for me was the fact that we're out of Europe this year and those cups are really the only real thing we can go for, for trophies, unless we go for the league. Um, but I think that might be a little bit too optimistic. Um, so yeah, I was annoyed that we went out, but like you say, you want changes in these cup games, but maybe nine was a bit too much and a little bit too optimistic uh, to make that many. Um, but yeah, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it won't matter too much, but I just hope that Ange learns from the mistakes of, of those many changes and we actually go all guns blazing for the FA Cup because I think if we're going to go out of the Carabao Cup, we've got to at least put not all our eggs in that basket, but I think if we're doing well in the league, we can maybe sacrifice, um, I don't want to say lose a game because I never want to lose a game, but maybe sacrifice something like that to get a trophy this season because I think it is a good position to be in to not be focusing on Europe. Um, our team isn't going to have to be as heavily rotated. You'd like to think with not as many games. Um, so yeah, I just hope that he learns and the FA Cup is the one thing we really go for this season. Yeah, I love what you say there. You, you, you hate to say lose a game because I, I, I those questions where you you hear people say, would you rather win the FA Cup or get top four? I'm always just like both. Why does it have to be either or? And especially like you say, when the club's not in Europe this season, it's not like you have to sacrifice that much. Now, 
granted, we talked about depth and maybe the lack thereof, at least for these first few months until we can get to January and maybe get a couple of more bodies in. But, you know, you talk about like the midfield, the midfield feels like it's in a really good place, even without Rodrigo Bentoncourt back yet. And he's still to come, hopefully. And the attacking you know, trio, or it really it's four or five players that you could probably throw up in there and, and, and have the depth there. It's really that back line. That's a little shaky depth wise that you talk about, but I feel like there's enough here to do both, especially like you say, without European matches. So I am kind of very much looking forward to that. Um, when it comes to that business that we're going to see in January, we're hoping to have a little bit more. It's so interesting that this club has gone through the entire summer window, hired a new manager, started this kind of transformation without a real true director of football in place. And Scott Munn is reportedly, you know, later this month going to finally be appointed uh, after a month long saga with the city group. But where are you at with like the leadership of this? Because I would say so far so good, even though there hasn't really been that figurehead like like Fabio Paratici was, even though he may still may or may not be lurking in the in the shadows and doing some some business. But I'm so interested in in what this looks like from a leadership standpoint, from a director of football working with and where are you at with all of that? I mean, at the moment, it's going swimmingly, uh, which is nice to see. Uh, I just hope that that continues. It'll be, as like I said, I don't want to lose games, but interesting to see what happens if we do start losing games, whether fans jump on the back or whether we are all in this for the, for the long haul. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's annoying that Scott isn't in yet, uh, considering it was supposed to be done months ago, uh, which is a bit concerning. But like you say, that kind of business is kind of done now until January. So as long as we're in a stable ship before then, then I haven't really got anything to, to complain about. Um, it just depends, like you say, if we get to January, we haven't necessarily got that replacement in that centre-back for that that backup figure, then yeah, maybe we'll be having a different kind of conversation come January. Yeah, it should be interesting. Well, let's look at the next handful of matches for Spurs because they come back next week. Sheffield United, I feel like very manageable home opponent. But then after that, there's a North London derby. And then there's a match against Liverpool and then a trip to, to, to play Luton. So like these are not, you know, I'm not saying Luton's should, should be much problems, but it's a, it's an away game at, at, at that tiny little venue. Like where are you at over the next you know month or so for games for Spurs? Are you feeling confident that this club can kind of keep its, its head above water in the top four race as we, as we barrel into the winter months? I, I, I mean, I'm feeling really confident as long as fingers crossed, as long as there's health there, that's my biggest yeah. fear. I think you're right. I think it's as long as we don't get too many injuries, then we should be okay. Um, I think it's good to keep momentum to the North London derby. I think Sheffield is one of those games where last season we were like, mm, I don't know if we're going to beat these, but this season, these are the games that we have to win. I think Andrew's really installed that in the sense that we are beating the teams that we should be winning. Okay, Brentford was the first game of the season. Um, so maybe that was a bit kind of like you couldn't really call that. But I think now that we're going further in this 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 season I think those games are the ones we should be winning so Sheffield should be okay uh North London derby obviously it's away uh so that will be interesting um I don't think Arsenal are really playing to the best of their abilities as far as I'm aware I don't think they're playing as, as well as they they could be so that could work in our favor and like you say Liverpool straight after that is, is going to be fun uh, and then Luton as well again you put it on paper as a game we should be winning but going away to their ground their little tiny stadium is going to be an intense atmosphere especially for them coming up into the Premier League so yeah I I'm not really too sure in how we're, we're gonna we're gonna get through it, um, but it, again, it'll just be interesting to see how Ange manages those kinds of games because I think Liverpool and, and Arsenal are the two that you're kind of thinking we could maybe get a win or, or a point here, but I'm not 100% certain because again, they're the games that 
should be difficult this year. I know we get the freak result against City nearly every season, which which normally on paper shouldn't be the case. Um, but I'm happy at the moment to be winning the games we should be winning because that was always our downfall. Yeah, no question. And that Luton match, as you mentioned, is a Saturday lunchtime affair. So of course. You gotta get you gotta get awake for those. I certainly have to get awake for those. Those games are four thirty kickoffs at four thirty a.m. kickoffs for me. So I can only imagine for the players, uh, you know, getting up for those games is is it's a difficult one. But I'm I'm pumped about them. I mean, these next this next month or so of matches should really um, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a good test for this club coming out of a break, hopefully healthy from you know from all these uh, all these players playing international football. And um, I'm just I'm excited about it. Like you say, it's Angeball is exciting and it's it's one of those things that yeah we've got we've got some other stuff to watch you know NFL and I've been watching the US Open tennis this weekend but I haven't really been watching any any soccer any football and it's like I, I want I want my club team back I didn't you know I haven't been watching the the international matches all these friendlies and things I just I'm not interested as much I want Angeball back and uh and and now we've got another week to wait for it but it should be it should be a fun wait, and it should be um, you know an exciting kind of run into January here as we as we roll along. Um, Holly, thank you so much for for joining here on the Tottenham Depot. Remind us again where we can find you on social media, Holly's Hotspurs, when when that's about. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. Oh, before I do that, thank you for having me. I've really uh, enjoyed this. It's nice to to answer some questions uh, for once, but. Yeah, you can find me uh, on YouTube as Holly's Hotspurs. Uh, it's normally every Monday, uh, but this week I think I'll just be doing a Wednesday show because it's the break time and I'd like quite like a break. Um, but normally 7pm every Monday. Um, and then you just find me on all socials at Holly Agenbar. But no, thank you again, Andrew, for having me. It's, it's been a good chat. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Holly. Thanks again to Holly for joining on this episode of The Depot. Once again, you can follow her at Holly Agenbar. You can follow me at A Stetka and you can follow us at Tottenham Depot on the socials. Uh, Be sure to leave us a rating and review. It really does help spread the word on the show. Uh, And until next week, we'll have another episode following the Sheffield United match. As always, come on you Spurs.